the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, Post-map reaction to Crystal Palace's uh, 3-0 defeat away at Leicester City. Uh, myself, Matthew Tyrrell, I'm joined by my brother Luke Tyrrell and a special guest, uh, Kevin Smith, who's with us on Zoom. Hello guys, how you doing? Nice to see you. I think you're brave taking this on 15 minutes after the game, but uh, we'll try and keep it clean for our, obviously, young audience. We, we, we will try, Kevin, we will try. You're looking lovely as always, sir, looking lovely as always. Thanks. Kind, you obviously, uh, you've obviously got a very bad camera link there. If you think I'm looking good, I look more like Alan Carr, which is a bit of a worry. That, that, and we've had a few beers, so uh, you look even better than normal. What can I say? I would. Yes, and to our listeners, we hope you're keeping well. Um, obviously, things are getting a bit easier. Hopefully, you're not in the pub this afternoon and you're doing what we are doing, which is sitting home and watching Palace. Unfortunately, lose. Uh, Kevin, 3-0, does it uh, flatter Leicester? Does it reflect the game? What do you think? Um, I, I think it most should be 3-0. It, it didn't feel like 3-0 at half-time. I mean, obviously, we're on a group WhatsApp anyway. So uh, I was a little frustrated that I thought we lacked a little bit of ambition. Um, I thought we were very poor second half, you know, apart from the Cahill header. Um, we just... I don't know. I, I, I felt a little bit like it in the Burnley game as well. I didn't think Leicester was stunning. I think they were there for the taking. But but ultimately, you know what? Um, we're obviously suffering a little bit of lack of confidence as well at the moment. So uh, I felt as though we were on the beach uh, a little bit early. Um, but uh, yeah, in answer to your question, Matt, I think it flattered him a bit. I mean, for Vardy to get man of the match, um, you know, I only took me off the game for 10 seconds and Sacco had slipped and... Uh, we, they were two 0 and the game was over. So disappointing, but uh, as with all things, we have to be uh, uh, put it into perspective. As always, we've had a good season, and if you'd offered me this, yeah. the number of points we've got now with these number of games left, I mostly would have taken it with the amount of investment we've put in the squad this season. So it is what it is. Although I would be lying if I didn't say I weren't very, very disappointed with what I've just watched. I think you're right, Kev. Uh, context is important here. You know, okay, we've had a. What is it? Four games now back after the restart, and there's there's three defeats in there. But at the same time, uh, Luke and I were talking before we uh, we came onto the pod that the really the Burnley game um, was the really sort of anomaly out of the results. You know, you didn't expect anything out of uh, Liverpool. You hoped to get something out of Bournemouth today. Looking at Leicester's league p- p- position, you'd, you'd expect for us to not get anything. So actually, the Burnley game, you know, you know really w- would have been a point. You know, in 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 sort of. Uh, fair terms so actually you know in context it's it's still not a a blip on the season Luke Luke you know what what what's your view I mean to, to, up to half time it was pretty much a Palace sitting in wasn't it game uh, yeah and I, I think I said on the WhatsApp group as well that I felt it, that Palace were doing okay actually up until half time it was very much so I thought the game plan was that soak up some pressure and if we can hit them on the break with with Townsend Zaha Saying that, I don't think Wilf was 100% fit. He didn't. He didn't look 100% right for whatever reason. Kev, I know you mentioned a couple of times that he looked almost scared or, or afraid to take players on. I don't know whether that was that, that was to do his fitness or whatever. But you needed a little bit more from Andros as well. And 
I think maybe in these sorts of situations, you're going to have fans that are crying out for, for Brandon Pyrrhics and, and, and the likes of that. Obviously, it was nice to see Tyrick Mitchell come on at the end and, and get 10 minutes, 8 minutes or so. But we, we're just, I mean, same story as the rest of the season, really. We're lacking that creativity up front, aren't we? I mean, when we've got big Christian Benteke, um, who's, let's be honest, I think he did really well in the first half, but in the second half didn't get any service and, and, and struggled against Johnny Evans and Sainchu. Um, what, what What's our plan B? And we don't really have one. I, 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 I do wonder, sorry, Kev, I'll bring you in. I just, just do wonder if that is a problem today, though, because as as Kev alluded to, uh, one nil was a goalkeeper mistake, two nil was Saka on his backside, and three was a bad offside trap. Is is it lack of options up front, or is it just today we threw it away? Um, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll just come back to what Lukey said about uh, um, about Wilf, if I may. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think he was frightened. Don't get me wrong. Um, Wilf's not frightened of anyone, but I just didn't feel he doesn't seem to be wanting to take people on I think from what I could see he took on two people in the second half and when he ran at them he frightened them again you know um, I think you know Andros only came on towards the end and he and he put in a beautiful ball uh, and if Wilford sort of gone with, with any confidence and put that past Schmeichel um, you know it would have been 2-1 with about eight minutes to go because there was six minutes of injury time so I, I do think we lack that invention I thought I agree I thought Christian played pretty well actually first half won a lot of headers um, I just think there was a lot of people had a bad day and actually whereas we're normally relatively strong at the back we weren't today you know Sacco you know he's done two 360 turns now uh, up at Anfield and, uh, and and there again today And and in fairness you know if you're going to do that sort of turn and you slip, you're going to give away a goal and we're not good enough, unfortunately, to get out of that. So I do think we lack options. I think what's worrying at the moment is, you know, that first 20 minutes against Bournemouth, we were fantastic. I was, you know, we looked so good and I think, I don't know if that was a full storm that you felt really excited. I honestly was starting to book me on a day to the Isle of Sheppey for the Europa League and, and, you know, I've had to cancel the ticket and it's not easy to get a refund down in Kent because, you know, it's, it's all dodgy down here. So I, I don't know where we're going to get a centre forward. I think I actually could have caught Sacco getting back today and that's not knocking him, but I don't know if they, they don't quite look fit or they're not quite there, but we do don't seem, we don't seem to have that plan B and that, that does worry me at the moment. I, you know, I've called it a few times over the last few days when we've been chatting, guys, and I felt at Burnley when we went 1-0 down, we didn't really have the urgency. And, and even today at 1-0, I didn't really feel that we really went at them. And I still think they were there, although they're third, a little bit for the taking today. So just feel a bit sad, really. And, uh, and I'm just trying to think at who's going to come and say, yeah, I want to come to Palace at the moment. I mean, we know it's a great club, but suddenly that promise of two weeks ago suddenly is not quite there as much for me at the moment and I'm sure I'll get some perspective later but it's a bit sad at the moment you know, Kev do you think it's important to return to, to context here and, and you mentioned perspective you know like you say we've had a fantastic season Roy has done a fantastic job with a very limited um, playing squad uh, or you know everyone has injuries and suspensions and, and the like you know uh, and today we've kind of put the best out there we've got one question I'd ask, though, is are they the best we've got? Because Sacco consistently makes mistakes. Let's, let's, for everything he's great at, he makes a cock up. Yeah, and I think this, this comes back to a point, I, Matthew, me and you were talking about during the game as well, is that I think it's, it's, it's difficult when you've got, when you're playing a player 
was it? I, I think reported one hundred twenty thousand pounds a week, and I, I'd hate to see the the amount we're paying per game, given the number of games he starts because of his fitness issues. But I don't actually think whilst whilst he can give you that forward thinking pass and and, and that that direction forward a bit. I, I think defensively, I I mean I'm going to go out and limit and say he is a liability for us, and I I I, I am not confident. I'd much rather have. Cahill and Kelly or Cahill and Dan than Sacco in any in any other combination if I'm honest simply because I don't feel confident when he's on the ball and, and, and you know point in case in the fact that that second goal yes I mean we're not going to brush over the first goal in the sense that that was a goalkeeping area he, he should have been he should have been um, commanded in his six yard area and the goalkeeper should have done better there but for the second goal Sacco when when there was a, a clear line for him to clear the ball up the pitch, hit it thirty yards, he decides to do a a, a one eighty and slip and lose the ball, and you just think, well, why why are we why are we risking it? Why are we playing this bloke in the sense that I I don't I don't see the positives of what he brings outweighing the negatives at the moment. If I'm honest, okay, well, I don't know if you what you think. Yeah, I, I, if I can just come in there, I mean, uh, I'll come back to that bit, if I may, in a moment, Luke. And obviously, with what you said, Matt, I mean, I think perspective is everything. I think, look, um, Roy's done a, a great job with what we've got. I do think now, though, with the greatest respect, with the games we've got, I know we've got some tough games, but, you know, <laughs> forgive me if I'm being really pessimistic. I'm not mean, we're safe. We're not now going to get into Europa League. So with five games to go... Give some of the some of the youth or some of the the young boys who are coming through that opportunity. Bed them, give them a bit of Premier League experience. Now, you know, I think most Palace fans, and if I'm wrong, then I'll, I'll obviously take the pounding if I deserve it. But what worries me is I look at our side and I'm not seeing any new younger players coming through. I think I, I think from the squad we played on Monday night was the oldest squad we've ever played, average age. And what the only thing that worries me, next year will be season eight in the Premier League, which is outstanding for Crystal Palace. Me and Luke, we had this conversation a few days ago, mate. I don't want to be Stoke, no disrespect. I don't want to be eight, nine seasons in and then because we've not invested or we're not giving the youth the opportunity to come through to see how good they are or you know whether they can make their mark because all this that squad is aging at the same time and and I'm 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 really worried that we're not going to if we're not bringing the kids through or giving them that opportunity we we're, we're going to get caught out um that might not answer it and I apologize if it's not chaps but that's just where I'm at at the moment I don't know enough about the quality of the squad I'm not close enough to it um as you guys know I'm not a season ticket so I don't get to see all the, all, all the youth that's coming through I, I would just like to see with you know four or five games to go give give the you know give the young man who, who came on today yeah he had a late first touch tackle but give him give him a game give him half a game give him the start you know that's what we did with Wambasaka right they came in and look at what they can do so let's give these kids a chance to learn from some of these I mean yeah we know what Sacco's going to do I, I do get that Luke and I understand and I don't know what the money situation is with him um, but sometimes he does some good stuff but I do think there are other defenders who are better in the club in my honest opinion but but you know no one I don't think anyone had a great game today I thought Benteke was okay but I don't think anyone had a a stunning game. Um, I'll leave it at that. Really. No, no, fair enough, Kevin. I, I think in 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 just just in context to your question, in terms of you know why don't we give these kids kids a, a go? I think there's the argument to be had that, I mean, 
there's two million pounds per place I think that is available in the Premier League and given how tight things we are I think we're only six points off eight position at the moment I, I think obviously our, our, our ideas of Europe have gone out the window but I, I, I think that given that that sort of money is available which I hadn't thought of, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry if I'm boring the viewers. With this no, no, not at all, mate, not at all. But I, I think that's probably in. I think that's probably in Roy's thinking, isn't it? In the sense that when you want to throw younger players on, you've got to consider that you know perhaps if you've got a more experienced player who might be able to see you out a game rather than win it or whatever this or other, you know, you've you've got to put that in. Got to, got to consider that in in a sense. But Matthew, I'll I bring you back in because you're the host. Just just from a position of perspective, I think it is important for us to to remember where, where we are in the league and the the comfortable position that we are in, as as we alluded to, despite the lack of investment and the fact we're able to have this conversation after losing three 0 away. Um, you know, is a very positive thing to to be in because you know normally three will three nil away, you're looking at being in a very very negative position, and we're not. And I'd actually argue that today. Two real defensive mishaps and a uh, a bad offside trap call have given Leicester a three 0 win, and that has kind of I was being a bit leading in my question earlier in, in that I personally do think that that flattered them. I don't think there's a massive goal between teams today. I think Palace came with a game plan which very much played out in the first half, which was to sit back, soak up, let Leicester have the ball, and, and let's get to half time, and we achieved that. If I'm Roy Hodgson at half-time, I'm probably patting everyone on the back, saying, well done, everyone, you, you've done your job. Second half, unfortunately, we come out and the goalkeeper makes an absolute hash of a ball we should come and get. All of a sudden, second half game plans out the window and we're, we're 1-0 down. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the centre-back does, I don't know what the hell he's doing, but a crazy turn, gives them the ball 2-0, and then we try to play the offside track 3-0. So actually, I'm looking at it as a, in, a, in a position that... You know, we, we had a chance, therefore, to bring a left-back on today that maybe not ordinarily wouldn't get a game, Kev, to your point. I do think there's something to be said about thinking about how do we balance the rest of the, of, of the season, the few games we have left, with giving young lads a chance but not getting demolished at the same time and, and not playing them in games that mean that their, their confidence is, is shot and, therefore, you know, bringing them into the team is not a good thing to do. Um, at the same time as trying to keep us in a good place in the league to Luke's point about £2 million a place you know that's we're building an academy and that's a lot of money towards that so, so can I ask you a question chaps if I may and, and I know obviously you're, you're leading the, the conversation um, but so if, if we were to end up with 49 points which I forgive me I think we need 7 points from what is it 5 or 6 games so if we were to get that points total and equal our best ever, would you class it as, as a successful season? I know that might sound a bit... I'm just conscious that we went out of both the Cups early and I'm just wondering whether... Is that... Would that be good? If, if, if we ended up with 49 points, for argument's sake, which equaled our best, but ended up, say, for argument's sake, 13th, would you class that as a good season? I think it really depends on what sort of fan you are, Kev. I mean, for me, yes, but given the lack of investment in the attacking areas of the squad and the fact that um, we haven't had enough goals in the, in, in, in the squad and, and haven't had enough attacking impetus, I mean, we're defensively quite sound. I mean, that, I know that's ironic given the fact that we've got beaten 3-0 today, but I think as a squad, we're defensively quite sound. So I think it depends on your viewpoint. For me, 
yes, it is a good season, given everything that's happened, the fact we've had this disruption in the middle of the season, the fact this is the first season we've had a winter break, all right, fair enough, it was only two weeks, but then it obviously turned into more given the COVID situation. But if if you're a, 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 a fan that's used to Premier League football, as in you've, you've not watched Palace for a long time and, and you know, you're used to Premier League football, then I guess you've got a right to be saying, well... Where's the progression? You know, where 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 do we go on from here? Why is this season exactly the same as last season? Shouldn't we be pushing on? Because we all know in football, if you're not if you're not uh, progressing, you're standing still. Matthew, take out of it recruitment, take out of it dialogue about uh, progression, take out of it dialogue about who shouldn't who shouldn't have been signed. The facts are that we did not sign uh, anyone of note in a summer, bar a player who was on loan last year who didn't perform, so who was essentially a known quantity but really was a gamble in the sense of being a recognised striker uh, uh, that was it really wasn't it and, and, and so Crystal Palace do not have a right to be in the position they're in uh, Crystal Palace by virtue of the investment as we alluded to they've made should be in the bottom three really or, or in around there right so uh, to answer your question Kev a fantastic achievement to be in a position to get anywhere near that points total to be in a place whereby we're seeing out these few games from the comfort of our homes, watching it, thinking, oh, well, we lost 3-0 to Leicester, who cares? Really, because we're, we're frustrated, we're annoyed, but we're not devastated, right? I think, I think you're bang on, and this is the point I'm trying to make. We talk, we've talked, obviously, about perspective, and, you know, again, I know it might not be the most scintillating conversation for the fans, but actually, this is a, a you know, I've said it before on your podcast last year, Luke. Be careful what you wish for. I'm, I'm very happy, as, as disappointed as I am as a long standing Palace fan, that I don't think we've played great today. You know, Leicester were third. You know, as you say, there wasn't a goal for three goals between us. You know, we, we've sold, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong numbers wise, Wambasaka for 47 million quid, bought in next to no one. We've been comfortable for weeks. Uh, months if you include in our three and a half months yeah. unbeaten run yeah. during March uh, onwards um, and the bottom line is and forgive me if I'm wrong we've not got one person who scored more than 10 goals yet I think AU's got nine and I think AU's on nine yeah so the fact that with great respect and that's no that's not knocking any of our players please understand I'm not knocking our players if the top scorer's got nine and the next has got three and we're still knocking on the door for possibly finishing in the top eight I still think he's done. I still think it's been a very, very good season. I just wouldn't want it to possibly peter out, you know. But we're Palace. We play Chelsea on Tuesday, and you just don't know, you know. We could, we could turn them over. Who knows? We played Chelsea the other year, didn't we? When we had no points after seven games, you, you just don't know with Palace, and that's what makes it a wonderful club because we have the highs, we have the lows, but you know, we're always in the middle, and it's never dull, right? We're going to win three 0 kid. That's the answer to your question. We're going to we're going to batter him. You know, it's yeah, by half time, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I I do think you know, like we've said it a number of times on on this podcast. Perspective, context is important. Yes, we've lost three 0 but we gave them two goals, and essentially we gave them the third really with a bad offside. I think there is, as Luke was saying earlier, for value for money, there there needs to be thought given to Sacco and whether he is the long term answer. I, I, you know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the other centre, sorry, Luke's Luke's uh, Luke's Luke's making me laugh here. I know there are other centre back options, as you said earlier. They're ageing, so we do need to think about the age of the squad. But you're already a point as well. We have options to come through the youth team, and and it is is this season a chance to give that a chance to 
to you know in a safe manner bed in and, and have a chance to, to develop I mean I think to that point earlier I mean also I'm you know building on the point I made earlier I mean in the sense that every position is worth a certain amount of money I think we also need to consider the type of manager that we've got in charge at the moment and he is and let's be honest no matter what your thoughts on Roy whether you like him or not I mean obviously it goes beyond me that people can't like him given the fact that he's, he's arguably Palace's most successful manager I mean you've got the argument of Steve Copper as well but um He's not. He, he's a very conservative manager, so to expect him then to blood the youngsters, throw Tyrick Mitchell in, throw Brandon Perrick in from the start, which a lot of people are calling for, given the fact that PVA potentially hasn't played very well the last couple of games. You know, Wilfred Zahar doesn't look fit, um, so you've got the option now to play these other players. I, I mean, that that's nothing needs to come to consideration, isn't it? But I mean, in the sense that without sounding like a broken record you know we are where we are and I think we're very bro- we're very thankful to be in that position given our, our squad depth and I don't think we're going to see much change between now and the next what we six eight games I, 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 I can't what, what, how many games have we got left Kev what are we on now 30 oh, five, five is it sorry five games left um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see also I mean how it also plays out of sellers because I know they're, they're talking about home advantage going out the window and but you know, there's something about Sellers. And I mean, we we didn't do a pod after the the Burnley game, and but how great was it to see Sellers Park on on the TV again the other night, wasn't it? And it, it looked it looked great, didn't it, under the lights? All right, there was no fans there, but I think they did a really good job of dressing up the stadium. I appreciate I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but no, uh, no but hold on, let's carry on that tangent because just very quickly for those who didn't see it, and it was hilarious. Obviously, Amazon were doing the game, and and what was amazing. Was they uh, they were pointing over towards the shard and was saying, "Look at lovely Croydon, look at lovely Croydon." I tell you what, I've never seen the shard move to Croydon, but it looked good, boys. I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs> Croydon looked stunning. It did, mate. It did. Right. And it was Ali McCoy's first trip to uh, Sellers Park, apparently. So that was maybe uh, um, a tribute to some of the confusion. But, um, but Matthew, good stuff question of you boys if I may I know I don't know if I'm allowed to do this but hey, I'm, I'm using my old status to uh, throw in so who's Sorry, your player of the year at the moment who's your player of the year and um, without knocking our fantastic goalkeeper you know I, I do think he was at fault on Monday he's at fault for the first goal today and no disrespect the Sheffield United corner and now this is again I'm not getting at him because he's been amazing but that's three quite important goals do you think there's a suddenly a confidence thing because he was out when Hennessy came in when he I think he was injured for that Liverpool game or I don't know if it was because he wanted Hennessy with his height but do you think there's anything going on there uh, just in his mind where he suddenly got five clean sheets and then all of a sudden his confidence is wavering and would it affect whether he was possibly and I'm not close enough to it um, player of the year I mean my player of the year I think is Cahill from what I've seen but I appreciate I don't get to see it every week like you boys normally would do. But for me, he's been a revelation. But just so, two questions there, really. Player of the year and the goalkeeper. So, so on, on your second point, Kevin, the goalkeeper, I think, yes, definitely it's a confidence issue. I think, obviously, making that mistake the other night has has um, had some sort of impact on his performance. And I, I think that had he not made that mistake the other night, he would have commanded his six-yard area and collected that ball quite easily. On the, on the second point of player of the year, 
it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because for me, I think there's probably three players in Iran. I, Gary Kay was one of them that you mentioned already because I think he has been, you know, a, a class above and he really has showed why he's won the, the you know, the Premier League, the... the the, the League Cup, the FA Cup, the, the Champions League. That you know, Gary Cahill has won all the accolades there has to be as as a professional footballer. I think in in Europe, and I think he's he's shown his quality. The other two for me are um, Jordan Ayew, simply because of his turnaround. Matthew alluded to this earlier in the sense that last season I don't think he even looked half the player he is now. Um, yeah. And and you could you could he was he was Kev, but then again all the attacking players were and he didn't really get a sniff. But I think Jordan this 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 season I think he's been a revelation in the sense that he's come out of his shell a little bit. And the other one I'd I'd throw forward is James MacArthur because I think pure purely on his his work rate and the fact that you know he covers so much ground and and that it's it's the off the ball work that he does which which most people. I mean, if you're not watching Sky, you'll pick it up because you'll be in the stadium. You're about to watch him as a player. But if you're watching the ball as a Sky, uh, play, as a Sky watcher, you, you probably won't appreciate the, the off the ball work he does. And I think it, it was well documented that you know he does 12 to 14k a game. You know, so he'd be up there for me. Matthew, I don't know what your thoughts are on those two questions. Well, the, the other one to go for is the goalkeeper. As we mentioned, last couple of games have not been great, but the goalkeeper is obviously shouting there. I mean, I'm with the James MacArthur. Uh, fan yeah. club, I'm, 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 you know, fully support of him because he's very much an unsung hero. And I think that the work rate and and the battling that he partakes and, and delivers with Palace is is truly immense, and I think it's kind of a uh, a player of a season with, with true recognition for him. On the goalkeeper question, Kev, I think it is a confidence thing. Uh, comes back to what's your plan B? If it's Wayne Hennessy, no, thank you very much. So I'd stick with him, even if he makes a, an error yeah. a game. Um, really because I think Hennessy's got that in him consistently so um, I, I do hope it's a common thing I do hope that he just manages to switch out of it and um, it's just human error really um, yeah, I agree I agree and I must admit if I can just come back on that I think boys you're, you're right you know James MacArthur what I love about him what 200 plus games for Palace unsung hero and what I would call an, an old school fans favourite because he just gets on does the dirty job you know, even today's work rate is constant. He's buzzing all constantly. And I've never seen him not do that for Crystal Palace. Um, you know, a consummate professional um, and, and real quality. Um, so I think that I think that's a real good call. I think the other thing, uh, if I may, just on the Jordan Ayew thing, you know, I think we were fortunate enough to have goal of the season last year as far as I'm concerned with Townsend. I think Jordan Ayew's goal against uh, West Ham to win it, uh, I think it was Boxing Day. It was. The quality and the turn and then the composure to just chip it over the keeper, you know, I, I, again, agree with what you've said. And, you know, we, we'll never get a goal of the season because we're Crystal Palace. But if that had been done by anyone else, if that had been done by a City player or Sterling or anyone, they'd still be talking about it. No, I agree with you, Kev. I agree with you completely then. I, I'd say also... Don't use up all your material for the end of season pod because what we're going to want you for that as well. And hopefully we'll get Paul Frost and, and, and JC on there as well. Um, but no, yeah, AU, I think, on that point has has been a revelation this season. He, he has looked a different player, potentially because he's been asked to play a different role. You know, Christian Menteke has obviously been out injured. He, he had his knee surgery. So AU was asked to play more centrally rather than, you know, on the wing as he were as he was last season. So... I think naturally he's going to be more involved in the game, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, credit to AU, although it didn't happen for him today. I think, like like you mentioned earlier, Christian Benteke today was, 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 especially in the first half, very good. But then again, you know, it goes back to the old story of playing to his strengths, doesn't it? So we, I don't think we did that today. Right, chaps. This is, uh, I think this is a record. This is the longest post-match pod we've managed to, to have. And, it, and it's without Palace winning. We've, we've lost through that. And we haven't really ranted too much as well. I think we've reflected rather than uh, rather than having a bit of a go so it's been it's, it's been really good to uh, good to do yes mate yeah i've enjoyed it but also can i can i just add a commiseration go out to our, our danish fans because uh, sbm unfortunately relegated from the danish superliga uh, last weekend um that unfortunately looked like an inevitability for, for a long time but it was finally confirmed last weekend and i appreciate we haven't done a a, a post-match pod um, with Anders and Jan for a long time well for the last couple of weeks so we were, we're hoping to do a, a review of the season pod as well so just for our Danish listeners as well I know we appreciate our, our, our Premier League content uh, there will be something coming up in the Super League as well but um, yeah as, as on today very disappointing uh, my closing remarks are that uh, yes disappointing but at the same time you know the, the, they're a top three team for a reason so it was anything out of this game was a bonus for me Kev? My closing remarks really are nothing to do with the game, but I just want to say, since we've lost poor old Kayla, we've not scored a goal, and I ain't happy. So, um, Kayla, if you're looking down on us, please give us give us something against Chelsea because uh, we need something for you. Good shout, Kev. Good shout. Right, thank you very much, chaps. Kevin, thank you for having you back again. As I say, Kirk, get. Thank you, mate. Getting this record for the longest ever post-match pod is down to you, I'm sure. Um, Luke, thank you, thank you very much for joining me as well. And Kev, uh, we'll be back with you soon. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, Palace are playing Chelsea. Uh, so we'll be having that post-match reaction. And as Luke said, a uh, post-match SBR. And I hope I've said that right. Sorry, yeah. Danish listeners. Uh, season review as well will be coming up. Um, stay safe. Uh, keep it Palace. And um, up the Palace. Up the Palace. Cheers, guys. The Six Pointer Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,